Have you ever wondered where you really stand with God? Are you overcome with feelings of guilt because of things you've done wrong? Are you tired of religion that focuses on rules that you can't keep? Have we got good news for you? It's time to listen in on some casual conversation with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski and discover what true freedom is all about. This is Growing in Grace. Heidi, 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 ho. Hey, welcome to Growing in Grace. (laughs) It's just just a podcast party is what's going on here. I'm Mike Kapler with Joel Brzezinski. We're glad you have found us. Somehow you found out about us. Let us know. um, And maybe one of these weeks, Joel... Not this one though, because I want to try and finish what we what we've started, and uh, uh, but we we do get some nice uh, feedback and input from people online and through email, and we thank you for that. So maybe we can share a few of those one of these weeks. Yeah, that'd be fun to do um, because uh, a lot of people out there are dealing with various issues in life, and uh, the gospel of the grace of God uh, really helps people out. Imagine that. Really, you know, if you're down, and uh, maybe you've been through some, some things in your past, um, going through some things in the present. There's just, we we hear from people who have been through various things, and our podcast has helped in, in one way or another, so uh, we're thankful to hear from you. Well, we've been uh, going through what's known as the Sermon on the Mount, a lot of words in red in our Bibles, in Matthew 5, uh, 6, and 7. A lot of times people take these words as a Christian teaching. We've had lots to say about that (laughs) over the last few weeks, that Jesus wasn't so much giving a Christian teaching as he was operating as a, a minister of the Old Covenant, pointing people ahead to the New Covenant that was going to come, uh, showing people the futility of trying to establish their own righteousness through what they do. And so... Hey, Joel, (laughs) this just popped into my head. I've I've never heard anybody mention this before, so I'm just going to try it out and see how it sounds. Go for it. Live, live, here on the program. (laughs) When you said the red letters, in this day and age, when when somebody talks about red ink being in the red, uh, you've got a a balance sheet uh, in your business and, and you see red numbers, that's not usually a good thing. It usually reflects debt. It usually reflects that something is owed. And Mm, we've been mm -hmm. talking about Jesus being under this old covenant, ministering the law at times to the Jewish people. There was a debt that was paid. It just wasn't paid yet. And so sometimes, to me, the the, the red letters can reflect there's a a debt here that we owe. And who's going to pay it? Hmm. And what are they going to pay it with? Hmm. So are you running from the words of Jesus, then, uh, if you're <laughs> no, saying that his words think, were bad? Like I think, <laughs> well, I, I think that we're just, uh, I'm thinking out loud is what I'm doing. <laughs> no, but that's I'm good. Just, it I does. Think, I think it all, it all leads to the cross. We know that. All roads lead to the cross, that, right? Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. And a lot of what Jesus said was he was talking about the debt that was owed. And he, he's pointing out that people are trying to pay this debt themselves through their own performance, through their own law-keeping, through their own establishing of their own righteousness by what they do or through the keeping of the law. A lot of these words of red, not all of them, but a lot of the words that Jesus spoke were for that purpose. And that's really good. I think it's really good. And so by the time we get to uh, the cross, Jesus said, it is finished. It was paid. It is paid in full. The last words of Jesus on, on the cross, it is finished. It is paid in full. And so that's good. I mean, that's, that is really good. 
Yeah, speaking of uh, all roads lead to the cross, we've got a narrow road and a narrow gate here, depending on your translation. So we're not going to spend a lot of time on the, on the narrow gate and the narrow road, but we do have a new twist to add to it. Because uh, as you mentioned at the end of last week's program, Joel, several programs ago, we actually taught, we had uh, programs called the narrow gate part one, the narrow gate part two, if you want to look for those. But Jesus said, continuing on here with the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter seven, enter through the narrow gate. He just got done talking about the revelation and, and the seeking of the righteousness of God instead of seeking their own righteousness, these Jewish people under the law of Moses. Now he's saying, all right, so now you can knock It'll be opened. You can seek. You're going to find it. Enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is broad that leads to destruction. And there are many who enter through it, for the gate is small and the way is narrow that leads to life. And there are few who find it. We came to the conclusion that, generally speaking, the, the narrow gate was Jesus Christ himself. That's the narrow way that leads to life. He is the narrow way that leads to life. He said, I am the door. But there are a few who find it. Why? Because they, they tend to go the way of works avenue under the law of Moses, especially to the audience that he was speaking to. That way will lead to destruction. Trying to establish your own righteousness is a dead-end street. So take the narrow gate. Take the way that leads to life. And so for people who have been taught a mixture of Old and New Covenant, it's easy to understand where they get into the mindset that the narrow gate is just trying to start living right. But that isn't really what Jesus, of course, is talking about here at all. So going back to Matthew 6 real quick here, when we were talking about those who are trying to establish their own righteousness that Jesus referred to, and he kind of, uh, I don't want to say he scolded them, but, but he did criticize them for constantly trying to display their own righteousness. You've heard of Broadway Street in New York, right? Mm-hmm. Well, let's break that word up. Broadway. What is Broadway famous for? They're famous for the show. Fam- <laughs> and that's what the hypocrites did. <laughs> yep. they, they love to show off their own self-righteousness uh, in front of others. And Jesus said, you know what? There's your reward right there. That's all you're going to get. Just showing it off in front of other people. So if you want to take the broad way, just keep doing that. That's if you right. want to take the narrow way that leads to life. On Broadway, you-, you know, they get the applause for the performance that they put on. They get the applause, and that is, indeed, that is their reward. And that's hey, it. That's good. Yeah. I'm going to use that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just did. <laughs> <laughs> Things pop into our minds all the time sometimes. We yeah. just run so, with it. Um, to get to something else here, there, there's more to this narrow gate than, than what meets the eye that we didn't talk about in our previous podcast. Psalm 118, something we've talked about before here on Growing in Grace, but l- let me just tease you here for a second. It includes this verse. This is the day which the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. That's Psalm 118.25. But again, putting this in context, what was it that was said before that? Here it is. Open to me the gates of righteousness. I shall enter through them. I shall give thanks to the Lord. Did you, did you catch the hmm. phrase, the gates of righteousness? Gates of Maybe righteousness. I better stop right there. We just got done talking about the narrow gate. Uh, So, open to me the gates of righteousness. And seeking God's righteousness. Yes, I shall give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord. The righteous will enter through it. I shall give thanks to you, for you have answered me, and you have become my salvation. So, we know he's talking about salvation and righteousness here. And the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This is not our doing, but this is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes, and this is the day which the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Mm. So 
this isn't talking about today. It's talking about that day that righteousness was purchased. Our salvation was claimed by Jesus Christ. Yeah, I mean, that's so, that's good. That's so important to know. I mean, there's, of course, nothing wrong with celebrating today and being sure. happy with today, but when <laughs> we sing the songs in church and when we uh, quote that verse, today, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Man, you look at the actual psalm that that came from and what it's really talking about, and it is talking about that day that Jesus Christ the stone that the builders rejected became the chief cornerstone. It's talking about the day that our salvation was purchased. This uh, narrow gate was opened. The gate of righteousness was opened. And uh, the other way, which is a broad way, it's the way, like you were saying a little while ago, Cap, it's the way that so many people are trying to enter through, through their own works, through their own righteousness. But the narrow gate is the gate of righteousness, and it is indeed Jesus Christ himself. That's the road that leads to life. That's the road, the gate that opens righteousness. It opens us to righteousness through which we receive not our own righteousness again, but uh, as uh, we've been trying to point out here, the righteousness of God that's given to us as a gift. That's good stuff, Cap. It is excellent stuff. I just I just love it. And then going on in Matthew 7, starting like in verse 15 through 23, I don't think I'm going to read all this, but Jesus kind of warns about false prophets who appear in sheep's clothing, but they're really ravenous wolves inside. And then he talks about bearing fruit, which is important. And why is that important? Because that's what we, as trees of righteousness, that's what we do. Uh, we don't produce the fruit. Uh, we're just the branch. Jesus is the vine, but we do bear fruit. With that in mind, Isaiah, he said, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has, this is reference to Jesus, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring news, to uh, good news to the afflicted. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and freedom to prisoners, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, and to comfort all who mourn, to grant those who mourn in Zion, giving them a, a garland instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the mantle of praise instead of a spirit of fainting. And here he wraps it up with, so they will be called trees of righteousness. And this just blends in throughout really the whole Sermon on the, on the Mount, but especially here as Jesus started revealing the, the righteousness of God. They'll be called trees of righteousness. That's what we are. And uh, trees bear fruit. And so that's what Jesus was encouraging here, uh, even though a lot of these people that were listening to him speak really weren't sure exactly what he was talking about because this was all new to them. Yeah, and it's, it is so good to look at these uh, Old Testament verses that really point to the things that Jesus was talking about. Another one that I've brought up on the program before, and it's really the, the ministry that I have called Grace Roots, is this verse from Psalm 92, this little passage here, uh, really has solidified what the Lord is doing in my life through that. But he says, "...the righteous shall flourish." Like a palm tree, he shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing. 
to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in him. It all goes together here, Cap, I think, along with what Jesus is saying here in Matthew 7, and when he is uh, saying about bearing fruit, uh, it's all God's righteousness. It's his fruit. Like you were saying, Cap, we don't produce this fruit. Psalm 92, in those words, it doesn't say that we produce fruit. It says they shall still bear bear fruit. They shall bear fruit. And uh, that's us, you know, bearing the fruit of God and his righteousness. When we make it about our own works and our own performance and our own righteousness, that fruit is not God's fruit. It's the fruit of our flesh. Even if it looks nice and good, it's really just plastic and unripe fruit. But the fruit that the Lord produces and that we bear, that's good, fresh and flourishing fruit. And uh, Yeah, it's called the fruit of the Spirit. Yeah, the fruit of the Spirit, exactly. That's exactly what it is, the fruit of the Spirit, as opposed to the fruit of the flesh or the fruit of our own attempts at righteousness, completely different things. Well, that's a good summary, I think, here of um, what we've been trying to point out in regards to the purpose of the Sermon on the Mount, really. It amounts to nothing less than the fruit of the flesh as opposed to what Jesus was pointing to, the Spirit and life in Christ. Well, moving on next week, we're going to get into uh, some of the basics of God's grace, such as the gospel. What is the gospel? We'll talk about that next week on Growing in Grace at growingingrace.org. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. To access hundreds of past programs, visit graceroots.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.